What's up, everybody? It's Matthew Newman, a.k.a. Mr. Catch on Fire, and the I Just Want to Record podcast. Come kick back and enjoy conversations with folks about the complex and, yes, (laughs) sometimes mundane intricacies of life, all meant to inspire you. Today, I am with Monica Carter Saris this morning, and I want to begin by simply saying this. First, welcome, Monica. First, welcome. And Monica, y'all, is not only a faith-filled woman, but Monica is a friend and Monica is a colleague. So Monica Carter, sorry, people want to know who you are. Who are you? Who? Who am I? We'll be here all day, Matthew, if I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I say that in a very humble way, but I want to thank you, Matthew, for having me. Like you said, we are friends and colleague, and I just love Matthew. He's just, when I met him like some years ago, he's just super smart. And I always told you that. I love his wife. They're just a power couple, and you just, a man of God and just, he's just fearless. That's what I love. I love people who just go after it. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make, I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but I'm just going to figure it out. So thank you, Matthew, for having me. I'm so honored and blessed to be here. Of course. But who am I? You know, first and foremost, I am a woman of God. Like you said, you know, I, I love the Lord. Like, can't nobody tell me anything about God, about Jesus? Like, I don't, it's not religion. It's a relationship. So I was born in the church at a very young, not born in the church, literally. I was raised in the church. I was raised in the church. I'm from St. Louis to show me state. Woo-woo. Yes. So I've been out here in California since I was a child, came out here, but I have family all over in St. Louis, Houston, LA, and New York. But like I said, God is first and foremost. And my brand is really empowering women and young girls. From a very young age, I didn't even know it was women empowerment. I just, you know, love to, I love to see women win. And that's really lacking in our world, (laughs) in our community. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes to many women don't know who they are, right? I know who I am in Christ. You know, I'm not trying to be in Matthew's lane. I'm not trying to be in Susan's lane because God created, created a lane for me. So that's really who I am. You know, love the Lord, not just speaking about in religion standpoint, but I have a relationship and he's taking me like we could be here all day and all night. He's uh, really taking me through and grown me over these years to where I'm at am today. And then just empowering women. You know, I just love to see people win. If you ask me just one word, I love to see people win in every aspect of their life. Yes. Yes. That's good. You know, one, something you said something in regards to your focus, your initiative of seeing women win. I had a friend and I'll shout her out. Her name is, well, her maiden name is Christiana Vanessa Bruce. Oh, got her, her married name. Mm-hmm. However, I went to school with her in undergrad and I'll never forget a conversation that her and I had. And one of the conversations we were having, she said this, she says that women have problems holding other women up. Yes. Yes. What do you think about that statement? We do. I, I think it's because, oh God, if I allow Matthew, not that you're woman, Matthew, but yeah. I'm just saying, if I help Matthew and I'm not where I'm at, then Matthew's going to surpass me. I think we're too concerned about who's going to get there first. But if you're my, you're my colleague, Matthew, you're my friend, you know, if you're a true friend, if I go, you go. Yeah. Right. And again, it just goes back to people knowing who they are. Like you can call me if I have the resource. I'm very resourceful. Yeah. But I love helping. I'm not like, oh, let me get back to you. You know, you get a lot of that. I don't know if I can do that. Hey, yeah, let, let me call. Let me call Matthew. Let me see. Let me connect you guys yeah. because I know who I am. Yeah. I'm not concerned about you winning. I want you to win. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we have a hard time holding each other up. And then when women are in the bad space. I've talked to so many women over the years, whether you've gone through a divorce. I talked to women who are still talking about a divorce from 10 years ago. I went through a divorce. 
my ex-husband is one of my clients, so he knows that I know my finances. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> that's long before we were very young. We got married, and that's you know that's the past. But um, women, when they're stuck in a certain area, like maybe they went through a hard relationship, or maybe they were molested when they were a child, they're stuck in some type of you know turmoil or some really bad thing they went through. Yeah. It's hard for them to bless someone else. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really learned to understand it's not about me. They're going through something because I don't believe women wake up just to be mad every day or not want to help you. I really think it's something inside of them that insecurities or whatever it is. So I really just try to pull that out of women. Wow. I noticed something for me personally, the moment of vulnerability. I had a dear friend of mine who was starting an agency similar to mine okay. and helped her to walk through and understand a little bit of the patterns of the industry, if you will. Right. And even gave her a company name, the whole nine, helped her respond to some emails that got results. Right. I almost started started a business about email responses for results. <laughs> wow. I, I was on a roll. <laughs> right. Based on what, what she needed and what the company was not willing to give her. She actually got what she needed. Now, long story short, mm-hmm. I paused at a certain moment in conversation in helping her or consulting her although it wasn't a formal consultancy, but I paused because I said, as much time as I'm giving you, Mm -hmm. I can be giving myself. But truth be told down inside, I was like, I'm helping you to acquire the clients that I can acquire. Right. But I had a fear and Jasmia hit me. Never forget this. I was in the parking garage of uh, the Grove. She hit me. (laughs) And the Grove or the Americana, one of them. Right. But long story short, she says, babe, there's enough for everybody. Enough. And because... On one side of me, about 60% of me was saying, hey, I could be devoting this time to myself. Right. While on the other side, I was saying, I'm going helping you get clients I can get. You're right. So that's a moment of vulnerability for me and full transparency just to show and to, I've grown beyond, beyond that now to realize awesome. that there is much more out there for everybody. Exactly. But that's for anybody is to don't be concerned. Stay in right. your lane. You said it yeah. earlier. Yes. Don't be in my lane, stay in your lane. Exactly. And we can all get to probably the same destination safely. Right. I always say this, the only way that accidents are caused is when people don't stay in their lane. Exactly. Right. That's so the same, the same thing on the highway <laughs> right. is the same thing in our life. Is <laughs> exactly. that If you don't stay in your own lane, you cause right. confusion, yes. construction, yes. <laughs> destruction, yes. the whole nine, if you don't stay in your own exactly. lane. So. Monica, you were uh, very modest in your your introduction, <laughs> very modest in your introduction. And one of the things I don't believe I heard you say uh-huh. is you didn't speak about your Fortune 500 experience. OK, did you talk about yes. that. I don't think you did. No, I didn't say right. that. Yes. And, and, and before we even got started, you were saying how you were formerly in entertainment. And yes. that's where the human resources background Correct. is from or in. If you can speak yes. to that a little bit, please. Okay, yeah. So I started my career out of, uh, I was going I was going to grad school while I was at Disney. So I started at Disney and corporate HR. So I've been, you know, in HR for many years. That's kind of my background. So I have an HR executive background. At the same time, I was doing real estate. So I always work in a job. I was able to work it like, hey, you can fire me if you want. Because I've always, I invested <laughs> yeah. in my first property when I was in my early 20s. Wow. And then I got my license and started doing real estate. So even while I was in corporate America, I was doing real estate as well, selling and purchasing. And so I worked in entertainment. So I worked at Viacom, BT, you know, and other entertainment areas in HR. And so I saw a lot and it, it was just, you know, I still had the entrepreneurial thing I was doing in real estate, but then seeing corporate America, I just saw so many people just relying on the paycheck, hmm. right? It's like, 
And being in HR, I'd never want anyone to have that much control over my life because I was HR. So I'm sitting in the boardroom and I'm terminating Matthew, right? So, and I'm sitting in the boardroom and we're making these decisions on people's life. And I've always been an HR person where I'm the one, I'm the minority in the group, not by color, but yes, by color. I'm generally the only African-American around so many other races. But as far as my opinion, you know, I never, if they said, hey, I'm going to, we're going to terminate Matthew because Matthew doesn't want to move to Denver. I'm like, well, that's not true because I get to know my client groups, right? So we have relationships. We talk about family. I'm like, no, that's not true. Matthew, he's open to relocating. Actually, he just got a divorce and he's really, and so what I realized is that people manage people, but they don't really know the people. You're a number. And so for me, God put me in that place. I've saved and I don't say this again, you know me, Matthew, personally, I'm saying this in a very humble space, but I've saved so many people as I've talked to a few of, you know, African-Americans and corporate Americans, like just start your own business. <laughs> like they are not, you're wasting five more years here. You've been here 10. They're not going to promote you. Yeah. Just simple as that. You're waiting for these people to believe in you and have the value that you have in yourself. They're never going to see you as they never saw me as that, even though I was high performer, you know, all those things. But they're never going to see you as what you see yourself. And so I believe for us, entrepreneurship is first and foremost. But corporate really taught me a lot. You, you learn a lot about business. I was around a lot of high power CEOs making multi-millions of dollars. And so you learn that corporate aspect because if you're building a business, you want to know the financial piece. The, yeah. the marketing side of things is awesome. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. When you have a Disney, all the magic. I mean, it was just an awesome place to work. And that was my first experience. But yeah, I just realized that we have so, and then we have so many people just stuck at a job. Yeah. And when they get laid off, so I've heard some of them committed suicide and yeah. because there's, they don't know what else to do. Yep. So we have a lot of work to do, Matthew, with people. It's all around the mindset. Yes. So I found myself at work being the HR person, of being the, the counselor. Yes. <laughs> right? yes. Yes. You know, I remember one guy, I always want to know where he is. I'm not going to mention his name, but he lied about something that happened at work. And I knew he lied about it and they were ready to terminate him. So I called him in my office. I said, hey, I need you to tell me the truth. Um, and he just broke down in tears. And he's like, yeah, I lied. I said, I'm going to help you. He wow. was African-American. And I, knew his, I knew his situation. And that's not what you're supposed to do. But God put me in certain spots. You know, in our life, again, we have a relationship yeah. with God. He places you in places. Yes. And his wife just thanked me for I seen her in the grocery store maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she's like, thank you so much. And so, um, yeah, I served my purpose wow. at that time. But it was very I took on a lot. I learned a lot. It, it was just it was just great. But I just realized that, yeah, they're never going to have a few of us in certain spots, but they're yeah. never going to give you what you're worth. Mm-hmm. Never going to pay. Again, I was HR. I see. <laughs> I see the seller. So I always have to fight. And God would always give me favor with a few executives that will wow. go over to like the chief HR officer's office and be like, look, I'll give Monica my salary. Mm-hmm. Like you need to make sure that she's taken care of. And so, no, that's what I mean. Stay in your lane. Treat people right. So when you mention about the woman, I appreciate you for being vulnerable and yeah. honest about that. But when you help other people, God is watching you. Of course. And tomorrow, when you help that person, tomorrow, God can bless you with the biggest account you never yes. had in your life because favor is better than money. Come on, man. Every so day, all day. I don't worry yep. about it. Nope. I just nope. do. I'm, I'm fear. I fear God, not yes. nobody else. <laughs> yes. You know, I found, so. it, I found it interesting and forgive me for stepping oh, in to interrupt here. Yes. I had a young lady just recently asked me, we had an opportunity to support some brand efforts for a financial institution mm-hmm. at Art Basel. In Miami. And one of my staff members asked, well, how did you do it? I'm having a hard time acquiring clients. Right. And I said, to be completely honest and modest, 
we've been able to acquire the majority of our customers or clients by way of simple relationships. Our beauty product client right now is four relationships deep. Wow. Like from one person, we worked an event and we got that person based on a previous relationship pipe that goes back eight to 10 years. Wow. They introduced it to somebody else, they introduced somebody, boom, and it landed to this large one that's going to hopefully open doors after December to 37 more different brands. Ooh, it's crazy. Thank you. And, and I shared this with her that the relationship is so much or much more critical right. than an, a capabilities deck exactly right? you can send a capes deck and say this is all the things i've done right but i would rather receive an email from someone even from a staff member to say hey who are you exactly i see that you've done xyz etc etc because clients get to know who you are right that's what the difference right. between a client and a client partner is they yes. get to know who you are versus the work that you've done exactly. if they get to know who you are they'll value the work right. that you've done much more so in a similar token or vein that you're saying now is that someone valued you enough mm -hmm. because they knew you right. to go to that chief HR officer to say, hey, right. you need to take care of Monica Yes, because Monica has a value. Why? Because you've gotten to know that person got to know who you are. Right. Same thing for this young man who you want to find out what he's doing today is yes. you found out who he was Yes, and realized that whatever he had lied about was subordinate yes. <laughs> to the performance mm -hmm. that he gave out every single day at work. Right. So magical experience, no pun intended, yeah. at Disney. <laughs> what very magical experience that I hope will help to save someone who is facing these types of situations, even in the workplace. Right. Like we say, ain't nothing work, work, problems working with a job or working right. a job because I need employees to work for my business. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so there's no, no problem with people being employed. Right. But just, just make sure that you being employed serves you exactly and, yes, and not the other purpose. way yeah. yeah and then one other thing i can just mention is it just yeah. came to mind i was in we're in an executive meeting with the ceo and all his direct reports and we were talking we wanted to do some uh, habitat for humanity and i remember they were talking about oh we want to go to a distressed school and so i was like mm, okay so i was listening and they were like distressed school would be huntington beach hmm. and this was at another company hmm. entertainment and so when they saw my face, it was like, oh, Miss Carter, what, what does Miss Carter have to say? <laughs> you know? I said, well, when I think of distress, I don't think of Huntington Beach mm. High School. And they said, well, what, what school do you think about? I said, I think about Jordan High School. Mm. You know where that is? Oh, That's in Watts. Watts. Yeah, yes. sure. Third in Alameda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jazz, did you know Jasmine's previous school was on that campus? Oh, really? Yeah, Animo College Preparatory. Wow. was so, on the campus of Jordan. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So long story short, that's where we went painted everything executives and wow. it, it was some of the executives actually were teary-eyed when we you know after we finished they said this was the most gratifying thing i've ever done in my life so again you got to be able to challenge the status quo yes so that's all i said about that but yeah, yeah that was an interesting in situation <laughs> you got to be able to, to challenge the status quo and most people until this i believe that we're becoming much more comfortable yes. challenging the status quo right there's a question that I want to ask. This is almost different than what we've been discussing now. Mm -hmm. But when you look back at your early days, mm -hmm. investing in your first property in your early 20s, and you were buying and selling while working a full-time job, where did the entrepreneur come from? Was that something that you took on from your parents? Is that something that you just figured out amongst yourself or siblings or cousins? Like, right. where did that entrepreneur mixed with full-time job come from? 
Well, I started at a very young age, always, you know, when I was younger, my mom and I, we like I would make cookies and I would put a table outside in front of our house and I'd be selling cookies or I was the candy girl. So I used to take my parents little Ziploc bags and I used to tell all my aunts and uncles, even if they lived out of town, I need candy every week. And I used to get to the mailbox at by three o'clock because I knew the mailbox and my mom would, wouldn't know. So I would I would be the candy girl at school. So it started early until my mom got to the mailbox one day before me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and she called my uncle in St. Louis like she doesn't need any candy. But anyway, it started at a very young age. And I think, you know, my paternal grandmother, and my my maternal grandfather was very entrepreneurial. So I believe I got that gene from them. And then before at Disney, I had a little company called Monica's Creations. So I still have that in me. I just don't have the time to do it. But with Swarovski crystals, I would make glasses and pendants. And I still do a lot of that stuff. I used to. I just, it just really time consuming. So I used to link up. I had a lot of Asian clients there, Christian Louboutins and, hmm. and make like these little purses with Swarovski crystals, like the, um, Judith Lieber purses and things like that. So I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, I remember my friend had a store. Remember when Culver City Mall was Fox Hills Mall? Of course, yes. (laughs) And he had a store in there. I used to put my glasses in there and I used to call and I'm like, hey, does anything sell? Because I hadn't gone up there. He's like, no, not yet. But I was watching MTV one day. It wasn't social media. I was watching MTV and (laughs) Ghostface had one of my glasses on. What? He had gone in his store and I called him. I said, Hey, Ghostface, he said he got it from your store in LA. It was he's a, a Jamaican guy. He yeah. had a store in Foxwell's Mall. He's like, Oh, okay, yeah, he did come. I said, I need my money. Right. <laughs> Run me my money. Run so, me my money. So yeah, I know if I had like some real coaching and leadership at the time, it, it was just in me. It's a hobby. It's fun. But nobody was really doing that kind of stuff then. And um yeah, I just found a place downtown where all the big stores go and buy all these Sawarski crystals. And, yeah. Yeah, that's it. It started at a very young age. I've always been selling something. <laughs> so there's, have you, do you ever at any point now, this is just a random question that came up, but have you, do you still your, for yourself bling certain things up? Oh yeah. Oh okay. So yeah. <laughs> okay. What's, what's the most recent thing? Um, I've made a few pendants cause it's easy. I can do that really quick. Um, all Sororsky crystals. I just love it. I love, I love the outcome of it. It's like, yeah. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah. It's a gratification. Like, so, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I'm still working on this purse. I've been working on for like a year now wow. because it's very tedious. If you've ever seen a Judith Lieber purse, yes. it's really all the little Sororsky. So it's really intricate, but yeah. yeah, it's gonna be really nice. So I just do it when I can, but I really don't have the time, but those are things I've done. There's a gentleman and I'm trying to think if you've met him or seen him here. But nonetheless, is he creates this art pieces mm-hmm. from jewelry, mm. everything from jewelry. No. So Martin Lawrence has bought one of his pieces. I bought one of his pieces for Jasmia, and he's made a saxophone literally full of old recycled jewelry. So he'll go to like the thrift stores or wow. garage sales. His name is Courtney Barron. Hmm. Look him up for anybody listening or watching. Yeah. Courtney Barron. Okay. And he traveled with the celebrity artist that performed at our wedding. And he and I got very close over the over the last two and a half, three years, wow. early three years since January, and began to see his evolution that he's used even as therapy per, per se. And for those mm-hmm. listening, I'm using air quotes therapy as his escape, even during wow. the pandemic, because we were having these conversations. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it, but that was really his escape during the pandemic. Okay. So it's interesting to hear that you blinged up like heels and, oh, and God, glasses yeah. and all that great stuff yeah every time i have a purse or go somewhere they're like oh where'd you get them like i mean they're like oh, can you make me one i'm like it'll be awfully costly <laughs> it'll be awfully costly yes and even just from a time constraint from a it's time, time. Yeah. that's what you pay for really for any kind of brand or design it's the time yes especially something like that so detailed and um, yeah it's not it's very you know 
intricate and uh, you want to make sure it looks really good. So, yeah. You mentioned just previously the significance of having a coach. If you would have had a coach to coach you through the times in which you were putting these glasses in this store in previously known Fox Hills Mall. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about your financial services background and your everyday dealing with that. Okay. And this is a statement that was taken from an October article in Forbes. And the article says that investors are always looking for ways to outpace the current rate of inflation. That's why so many seeking to do so are now putting their money into indexed universal life insurance policies. Over time, this model has developed into an increasingly valuable alternative Mm -hmm. to both whole life insurance as well as 401ks. Now, listen, folks, (laughs) this is going to be, to me, the bread and butter of the conversation. Because even as a business owner, I still have questions about it as an individual who is fed up in some aspects of my life with some some other stuff that I won't even talk about on this podcast. Like this is something that we as entrepreneurs, small business owners and everyday people, whether you are a verifiable or certified or valid investor or whatnot, this is something that's going to be incredibly useful to your ears. So watch and listen intently, watch and listen intently to the audience. So Monica, with that, is I hear several things in that statement. One thing I heard was investors are always looking. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. But also index universal life insurance policies or IULs. So I've heard, as well as probably many others watching and listening, we constantly hear of two types of insurance, life insurance, right? Yes. Specifically term Mm -hmm. and whole. Right. IUL or index universal life is probably something different for folks. Yes. If you're not in a circle of affluent people or people who embrace these mechanisms to create long-term wealth. So if you will, Monica, if you can walk the audience through what is a term policy. I had a conversation with somebody else who has never heard of a term policy, nor a whole life policy. So if you can walk people through what is term, Mm -hmm. what is whole, and let's dive into IUL. Let's dive in because I love it. (laughs) And obviously there's all types of things that you can do to diversify. And our firm, we really believe in diversification because you shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket. But the difference is when I look at a term policy, it's like running an apartment because term is only for a certain term, right? Whether it's for five year term, 10 year term, 15, 20 or 30. And so a younger person, a millennial in their 20s, it's like, oh, yeah, let me get a term. People are selling those all day long, right? Or educating, I like to say, because we educate people. And so say Matthew is 25 years old and he gets a 30 year term. It's like, oh, it's $20 a month, right? That sounds really great. But now Matthew is what, you know, 40 something, well, 55 years old. Matthew has diabetes, high blood pressure, and that term is expired Mm -hmm. because you're renting a policy and it's only for death. You know, and that's why I think our community just has a taboo with insurance because it's like, oh, I don't want to leave anything for Matthew. Like he's going to live his best life. Well, insurance is not for the dead, it's for the living. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you Wait, love, say that again, <laughs> insurance that again. is not for the deceased. God bless the deceased. It's yes. for the living. Yes. Right. You want to leave, you know, you want to leave something for your family, even if you don't have a family, if you have a charity or whatever, but it's not for the deceased. The deceased is gone. There's nothing we can do, but you leave a legacy for your family. Mm. Right. Or the people you love. Yep. And so term policy is like renting. A, it's like putting money in a cup. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, it, it goes out the bottom and expire. But if that's all you can do, I believe in, you know, we're not knocking any type of mm-hmm. strategy, but I believe you should do something. And so you can have a term policy and convert it later to an IEL. So you can always convert it if you have the right policy. You want to make sure it's convertible. 
because not all term policies are convertible. Mm -hmm. And then a whole life, I would say an IUL, they're both permanent life insurance policies, but they work in different ways. And so our community, again, I hate to keep saying our community, but I talk to so many people in our community and they're like, kill me over a whole life policy until they get the breakdown of, oh, okay. Because that's all I knew before I got in the industry, Mm. right? And so whole life is, it is guaranteed, it is permanent. So I would say it's like buying a home, whole life and IUL. It's like, it's forever. But there's different, you want to know, it's all about setting them up properly. So a whole life generally is you have a death benefit. So that means when the person passes away, but my clients don't want anything just for a death benefit. Yeah. And so it does give you a kind of a small cash accumulation. So you get a small rate of return. And when whole life is big on marketing, on guaranteed, everything is guaranteed, right? But what most people don't know is when you start taking distribution from a whole life, you're going to be charged for taking that money out, right? And the dividends are not guaranteed. And so it's all about educating yourself. When my clients become my clients, I send them a book, right? Mm -hmm. Or I say, if you don't want to read the book, we're going to do audio because it's good to, this stuff is not new, Matthew. It's been around forever. And so even though it's guaranteed, I always like to say it's rent to own because Mm. it's, you know, I convert most whole life policies Mm. to an IUL or to something else. And so Index Universal Life is guaranteed. But what many people don't know, you it's tax-free dollars that you're taking out when you when you take wow. distribution. And so tax-free is like, you like tax-free? I love tax-free. <laughs> Sign me up. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you can get an IUL from when you're 14 days old until you're, uh, our clients range from 14 days old to 60 plus years old. And so, and 80 plus years old, but you wouldn't get IUL at 80, but I'm just saying our clients, that's our client range. But yeah. my mom, when she got in the business a couple of years ago, she always says, oh my God, I wish we knew about these things when you were born. Because imagine, Matthew, if your parents knew about an IUL when you were 14 days old. Wow. And when you're in your 20s. And so that's why you see all the financial gap with all of these different cultures, because I have cultures that are my clients. It's, it's in their DNA. When that child is 14 days old, the parents are paying for the grandparents. I mean, the grandchild IUL for their future. It's like part of their culture. It's like that's how you see a Rockefeller building seven generations of wealth. And so whether you're a child or whether you're a millennial, whether you're Gen X or baby boomer, it's still good to have. And so it provides you with tax-free dollars. Also, in the event you get ill, and this is the number one killer Mm. of your income. I've seen people have to drain their bank account sell their home, refinance their home because of an illness. And I've had clients in their 20s, 30s, 40s get ill. So illnesses is irrespective of age. Mm -hmm. I always have to say that. Mm -hmm. And so you can leverage dollars. So let's just say, and then the last component it comes with is a death benefit. But my clients, I have tons of testimonials. You will never hear them talk about on that video a death benefit. Mm -hmm. It's there, it's great to leave a legacy, but that's not why they want it. So if I may stop you really quick. Sure. So a couple of things that I want to make sure that everyone understands. One is a term is as though you're renting a policy. Yes. So an example is I set up a five-year term mm-hmm. and I pay 20 bucks a month. I pay $20 a month for five years, but at five years, it's gone. And I could have had a $100,000 benefit, yep. death benefit, mm-hmm. but at five years, it's gone. It's gone. Whole life is for your whole life. For your whole life. But yeah. there are lower dividends if you borrow against the money. Yeah. Well, you're going to pay, you're going to pay like the dividends are not guaranteed. So they said, oh, these dividends are guaranteed. You're going to get this amount of money over time. Those are not guaranteed. And when you start taking distribution, meaning when you start pulling money out of the policy, you get charged for doing that. Mm. And so in most cases, sometimes you may grow six and net 5% in a whole life. Just depends on how the market and all that stuff is doing. But yeah, it's a low, I've had clients who had a whole life and they put in a nice amount of money 
but it hasn't grown much over 10 years. And so they're like, what else can I do? So they're looking to maximize these days because of inflation. You want to maximize on what you're saving. In. And for me, I don't want to risk my money in the market. So also in IUL, you don't risk your money in the market. Mm-hmm. Your money is not tied to the market. The insurance company uses the market as a gauge. So they're generally using it as a floor, right? Sometimes it's zero and then a, a max, whatever that max is, is mm-hmm. 10, 12% or whatever. So death benefit. Mm-hmm. So we hear death benefit, but it's it's a benefit if you die. <laughs> so, so, and that's scary for some people. Yes. Which, but death is inevitable for everyone. Mm-hmm. But what is a death benefit? What can I, if, if it's no good for me, right? who does it benefit? Right. Well, in the IUL, it could benefit you, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for an example, I had a client, I'm not mentioning her name, but she's in another state. And last May, she had a major stroke. She, she's had an IUL. And it took me about 30 to 60 days to meet with her because she's an executive in the oil industry. And so I was so glad that I did. Her husband was so glad. When I met with him, he was like, oh, I'm not doing this. She can do it, right? And so she was only in the policy for a couple of years. She still has it, though. So she had a major stroke, Matthew. She's still in the facility today. She had to learn how to walk again, talk again, wow. and eat again. Super healthy like you and I. But her doctor said stress is internal. So you can be looking great, but stress is like cancer. Mm-hmm. So, so she's able to leverage so far since last May, 50,000 out of that policy. She has wow. not paid a dime back to the insurance company. Wow. So let's just say this is not, I'm not telling her personal business, but let's yes. just say her death benefit is a million dollars. So whenever she passes away in the future, one day, um, the insurance company say, okay, Mrs. Klein, we loaned you that 50,000 for that stroke you had. Now yeah. they're going to take the 50,000 from the million dollar death benefit and her husband will get $950,000 tax-free. And so we coach our clients how to leverage money, not deplete, run out and pay taxes. <laughs> right. Wait, wait, wait. So so this young lady who had a stroke mm-hmm. has a death benefit. We called it an example. I believe it was a million dollars. Yes. She borrowed against that million. Mm-hmm. Was it because to cover doctor's bills or? Yeah, the facility doctor. And you really don't have to have a reason. This is not like a government program, like a 401k or IRA where you have to have a hardship or anything. Yeah. You know, I helped her siblings and her husband with the paperwork. We submitted. They get the doctor's notes, make sure she's been in that state for 90 days. And yeah, she, she gets the money. So it's not like, and then they can use it for whatever they want. Yeah. That goes to them. So you said she's been in that state for 90 days, meaning the physical state of illness? Well, she can't like chronic illness. That's one of the riders in the policy. So that means you can't do two of the daily active duties. You can't bathe yourself. You can't clothe yourself. You can't feed yourself. You can't incontinence. You can't go to the bathroom. So she couldn't do any of those. <laughs> yeah. And so you just can't have, you just can't do two of, you know, the daily active duties, but yeah, yeah so she couldn't do any of that. So let, let's, let's set up a scenario mm-hmm. and the scenario is, so if, if I'm listening to this and I'm just like, wait, so there's term insurance where there's term there's whole, and now there's this IUL thing. Right. If I, let's say I'm 25 years old, mm-hmm. you come to me and I say, or, or you, I come to you and I say, hey, I've heard about this UI, IUL, right. what do I do? Right. So 25 years old, I make $40,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Walk me through a scenario. Right. Yeah. And I want to do that too. So I want to go back really quick to what I just said too, because the, the client is not, insurance company is not actually giving them her, give, gave her the 50,000 out of that death benefit. She hasn't died yet. Right. So yeah. the insurance company is actually giving her a loan out of their own pocket. Okay. Right. So I want to be clear on that. Okay. But if you're in your twenties your and it really, there's many different factors. So if you're 20, you're healthy because whatever you contribute drives your, how much, you know, your, your cash accumulation, your death benefit and all that. And so, Health is, people say, what's the catch? Your health qualifies you, right? Anybody can get a 401k or IRA because the government's going to tax your beneficiary, so they don't really care. But 
it really depends on what, how much money you're making. Right. Um, are you healthy? Cause you're rating what you want the best rating, right? Yep. So preferred elite is kind of like the highest rating. And so it's many different factors. So when people call me, I'm like, I'm not AAA. Like you just don't call me and get a quote over the phone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we take you through a, what is called a financial needs analysis. Like, so like I just have a 20 year old client. He makes already $52,000 at 20 years old. He's actually just gotten into the business because he wants to help his, you know, millennials, but he's able to do $300 a month. And that's not every 20 year old. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's not every 40 year old. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this young man is just just different. Hmm. He knows where he's going. He's just sober. So everyone is different, Matthew. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like to sit down with them. We go over the financial needs analysis. What are your monthly expenses? Because we want to make sure there's many things besides just contributing to like any type of, you know, investment like an IUL or so our insurance product. Mm-hmm. But we want to make sure what is your emergency fund? So that's what I sit down and ask them. What are your monthly expenses? So if your monthly expenses is 5000 a month and I say, hey, you should have at least three months of your monthly expenses in our industry, financial services, we say you should have at least three to six months in your bank account. Mm-hmm. So I said, you should have at least three months. He has that in his bank account. Mm. So it's a, all about diversification. We want to make sure that you're going to be able to keep this policy because yeah. this is not like something our community, a lot, I meet with a lot of people. And again, this is no judgment to people who are listening. Yeah. It's, it's facts. It's real life yeah. that we're dealing with. And so people just think of it, oh, it's just insurance. We're just gonna, and they, that's the last thing they want to pay. Mm. So they're where they spend money on Christmas yep. and not pay. But this is your future. And Matthew, for this young man, he's like, Monica, millennials don't say retirement. They say, I want to sustain my lifestyle. Yes. They said, I've seen my grandparents, my father, you know, he's still, they have all these laundromats. Mm. But his father just is, uh, getting up 4 30 in the morning he's all around obviously his father's a little <laughs> older than him but he's like when i'm in my 50s i want to be able to be able to do what i want help other people he's just a really great great little guy and uh, so it's just about building your future because i meet with so many people who are 60 65 who say out of their mouth they're gonna have to work for the rest of their life yeah because they haven't planned yeah. and this is not important to them so what we do is educate people matthew so it's mm-hmm. not just about calling me or calling anybody you shouldn't be calling anybody getting a quote and just give you a an iul yeah. i take them through how it works so if you call one of my clients they actually you know i always ask them before we talk if they call me what are the three reasons main reasons why you have what you have mm-hmm. <laughs> right whether it's an iul annuity whatever they have why do you have it mm-hmm. and so that's where it starts sit down with the person do a financial needs analysis we're going to look at your what are your expenses every month because right now people are a lot of money on food. Yes. They spend more money on food than rent or yes. mortgage. It's like DoorDash. Yes. just charging up their credit. So now that's taking up their debt to income ratio because <clears throat> they're full of debt with their credit cards. Yep. So we look at the whole picture because hmm. we want to make sure we diversify. And then an IUL, depending on how you set it up, you can increase it over time. So I always tell people, don't worry about where you're starting. I meet with 50 year olds and they spend all their money on all these material things. We call it conspicuous consumption, mm. <laughs> right? Where it's all about the material because you're trying to impress other people, but this is real life. You, you got to start saving for your future. Yeah. And the biggest thing, like I said, if you get ill, and that's what I love about mm-hmm. this product at the IUL is that it's like a, it's like a spare tire. Like we don't want anyone to get ill, but would you rather have a spare tire? If you broke down, you got a flat tire at 12 midnight. Yeah. So what if, you know, our community, I, a lady told me the other day, literally that she'll do a GoFundMe page mm-hmm. if she gets ill. And I said, well, why would you want someone else to fund your responsibilities when they see mm-hmm. you paying like a thousand dollar cardinal right now for the car you have for you buying. And I'm not in your business, but I'm an honest advisor mm-hmm. <laughs> right? in a sense that I care because I've seen too much. And so I'm not one of those passive. I have a sense of urgency because I've seen too much people procrastinate in their yeah. 20s, 30s, 40s. And then they're ready 
And they're like, oh, shoot, Monica, I just got diagnosed with cancer. Well, you can't qualify because you got to be in remission from cancer for four years. So time is of essence um, in these type of products. And so that's where we start with a financial needs analysis, Matthew. That's a long answer to your question. (laughs) No, no, no. This is good. um, To just look at the whole picture. We just don't just give you a product because that may not be a good fit for you. Yeah. Right. So we have to see where you can start at. And it's not just for us. It's not just it's the mission before the commission for us. A client is everything. So, so how do how do we respond to someone who has, for example, let's say they had a tumor mm-hmm. before they had a tumor. Do they qualify for any type of life insurance? Well, it depends on the tumor. I mean, is it a tumor? Was it a benign tumor? Was it just because you have a health? I have clients who have high blood pressure, diabetes, and they still have IULs and other things. There's many different levels to IULs too. Mm. You have to have a certain net worth. So that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, just because you have a health, I don't want anyone listening to this to get that impression, you still can get approved. I have a client who have eight critical illnesses wow. because we have access to 130 careers. So I'm not, we're, I'm not just with a firm who has access to one career. Oh, sorry. They decline. You know, we have access to 130 careers. So no client is left behind. Wow. <laughs> right. So we can help everybody, but there's some instances like cardiovascular and things like that. So there are some things where people are uninsurable. That's why while you're healthy, because once you're in, you're in. Yeah. Don't waste time. But once you're, once you, I've had this happen a few times where people have gotten cancer or the cancer came back because they procrastinated and getting started. Mm. When all you have to do is just get started. Don't worry about where you start. Just get started. Mm. And again, and you know, always ask people in our community, they say, oh, insurance, insurance. When I meet people and I always ask people, who did Obama have to bail out? Mm. Who did Obama have to bail? He had to bail out the banks, not yeah. the insurance company. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'd rather have my money an insurance company than a bank, right? Yeah. We need to have it in a bank because you need to have that liquidity readily access, uh, you know, accessible to you. But he didn't have to bail out the insurance company. No. <laughs> so no. one yeah. thing I heard somebody say the other day, someone may, you may be familiar with, Myron Golden, he said that stop doing what the banks say and do what the banks do. Exactly. They're taking your money and using it and investing and giving you a lousy, barely 1% rate of return while they're taking your money and using it. And invest in these type of strategies. I gave a scenario to a young lady the other day and I said, how much money do you have in your savings? I didn't ask her how much money you have in your savings. I said, what does your savings give you? What's the the return or the yield? And she had no clue. Mm -hmm. But she said every paycheck, she's putting money into this savings account that was yielding. Check this out. 0.02% annually (laughs) yielding. And in my brain, I'm like, and so I did. I said, okay, so if you had $9,999 in your savings account, right? at the end of the year, the bank is going to say, thank you so much for holding your money here. We're going to give you $1.99. Exactly. That's how much <laughs> 0.02% is of $9,999,000. Right. Until I start doing all of this research on IULs mm-hmm. and kind of understanding the significance of it. And so we're trying to talk about real estate syndication between me and Jasmine right now. All of these thoughts that are coming up and brewing, right. like, do we stay here in, in California? Do we continue to rent in California and buy elsewhere in order to right. just like to get in? Like we need to get in real estate in some kind of way. No, so we're trying to stay in California, Matthew. Look, Don't South Africa, to- <laughs> South Africa is looking real good right now. Okay, well, you can have both. You can be in South Africa and be here too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so that's a possibility, at least for the next three to five years, especially okay. as Jasmine tries to identify what she would even do there. Okay. okay. But my question is 
for example, this person who has money, I don't know how much money they have, mm-hmm. but let's say someone has $15,000 right. in a savings account. Mm-hmm. So $15,000 for them is three to six months of living expenses. Right. Do they preserve that 15000 in that savings mm-hmm. or do you encourage or advise as an expert here, do you advise this person put 5000 into an insurance policy or 10000 to keep 5000 in the bank? Like, do they build up more cash reserve before they go into an insurance policy or do they take what's currently there into an insurance policy? Well, again, it really depends on the age of the person, you know, your health situation. But, you know, you want to have that liquidity in your bank account. You want to have your uh, emergency fund is what we call at least three to six months. And then it's not just about dropping. You can't just drop five thousand dollars in IUL. Eventually it's going to lapse. So, again, it's all about setting it up properly. Mm -hmm. And if you're working because you just have fifteen thousand dollars in the bank and you don't have anything else coming in, like you don't have anything to contribute, then that may be an issue there, but you want to have at least have something con- to contribute. Like I have yeah. clients who do, you know, there's no amount. It, it, it's, everybody's different, but the people who are doing lump sums are doing a lump sum every year, mm-hmm. right? For a certain amount of time, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years, but, and it depends on their age, right? How many more years? Cause we want to make sure the policy doesn't last. Mm-hmm. And so that person, if you have 15,000, we wouldn't advise, yeah, you just drop that 15,000 in there because it probably, if they're in their twenties, that's not going to last. So no. the policy is going to lapse. So, so it's almost like a, a trickle. It needs to trickle. Yeah, it needs to, it's called, you know, that rule 72 really much. It's all around compound interest. Mm-hmm. And that's what IUL has. It's comp- that's why it's constantly compounding and you can live, it's like forever, right? It, it's never going to lapse. If you if you set it up properly, if you commit to it, when I sit down with people, this is something that's got to be part of your, like you eat every day. Mm-hmm. This is first and foremost, out of sight, out of mind. And then some of my clients use it to purchase real estate. So it's all about how you use it as a business person. Depending on what you're contributing over time, you can leverage that. You become your own banker, mm-hmm. right? And so it's all about, and I sit down with Matthew, let me look at Matthew and Jasmine's situation mm-hmm. and what are you trying to accomplish? And then that's the plan we create for you. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about having this lump sum, let me drop it in this policy yeah. because it's going to lapse over time. So you yeah. just really have to know. That's why the conversation is so important. Yeah. That, that financial needs analysis. Exactly. Yeah. Looking at the whole picture and everything is confidential. I have people who refer me, their friends and family, and they're like, what are you going to tell Matthew? <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, I would never do that. I'm licensed. <laughs> yeah. know, I can go to jail. I can lose my license. I'm, and I have integrity, first of all. For sure. So, yeah. So it's everything's confidential. But it starts with that financial needs analysis. So, Monica, as we begin to close, I want to ask this question. There are several standard questions that I ask every guest. Yes. And this one is specifically for you is what do you find to be your most valuable contribution to society to date? Hmm. That's a, that's a big question, Matthew. But um, I would say just, and not just women, but that is my brand, right? But empowering people, inspiring people, uplifting, that is, you know, I find people always ask me, how do you know your purpose, Monica? Because I can talk to you and I can encourage you, but to me, I didn't say much of anything, but they're like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm just like, and I learned that years ago. And then I heard my bishop said, your purpose is something that you can do effortlessly. Mm. And so I can do that effortlessly, just empowering people, encouraging you. And they're like, yeah. but to me, I'm like, I didn't say anything, right? Mm. But God uses us in many different ways. So I would say that's my contribution to society because everybody needs it. Whether I remember my friend has like a Christian school and I went to talk to there. This was a few years ago before covid and these girls are like, I think 10 to 12 or 13 or something like that. And I was just speaking to them about life where they were talking about Instagram. I had them do a survey before I came to kind of see what was on their mind, what they were looking at social media. And some of the 
10 year olds were saying, oh, I'm going to get me some implants. You know, that's the thing. I said, no, going to Harvard is, is cool. Mm. Not implants. <laughs> right. Mm. Um, and so and before I left, Matthew, and again, I said this in a humble way, the girls were crying. Yeah. Like, please don't leave. Mm. Stay. And so I was like, I didn't say much, but, you know, so inspiring people is my and giving. I'm a huge giver, but I'm not an enabler, if that makes sense. Of course. Um, I give who God tells me to give. God can give me because if he can't trust you with five dollars, he sure can't trust you with the millions. Oh. And so. I can, he's had, he's challenged me, Matthew, to give to people I know don't like me for whatever reason. I'm not done anything to them, but that's their own personal problem. Mm. I'm like, Lord, you gotta be kidding me. Um, but I've grown in that way. And when I gave, he said, okay, now I can trust you. Yeah. And so giving is another thing that God put me on this earth for, because I wow. can, he, I give, right? Yeah. My husband, I, we give to people. And I think that's, giving is essential to living. Mm. You can't live on this earth without God blesses you. He's not going to choose to bless you if he can't trust you to bless somebody else. And so I'm a huge giver. That's part of my, you know, living in society and just inspiring people. I love to do that. I can do that at midnight. If you said, Hey Monica, this podcast was 12 o'clock and we're just going to talk about whatever we're going to talk about. Even if it's financial, I'm going to empower someone. Yes. Their finances in order. I'll come to that. Yeah. Because I love it. And I just love making people feel good. Like I love to see Matthew win. And, and you know that Matthew, I'm always yeah. like, oh man, I, yeah. I'm so excited for whatever you're doing. Yes. Right. Yes. Because it's like, oh my God, it's like, we, we're only here for a moment. Yeah. For a moment and every, and we don't know when that moment is over. So every second that you're here, there's so many people in the grave who have so much talent Yeah. and they don't use it. And so I'm always encouraging someone do something like you, you have so much to contribute. God gave you so many talents. And so I don't, I don't waste a second. No. Not a second. So that's my, I would say, inspiring people and just being a huge giver. I that's incredible. Give. Yeah. That's incredible. You said something a few moments ago that really resonated because I just heard it said another way just recently. Oh, wow. And what was said was you have to be mindful that when you speak, you may be speaking to an audience, mm-hmm. but the audience may not hear it, but one person may. Yes. And you never know who you're speaking to and who you will reach by what you're speaking of or speaking about. Right. And it's so critical. I love the quote. I gave this quote on a stage years ago <laughs> at a big brother's big sister's anniversary gala. Mm-hmm. And what it was, was I said that I'm not saying that I'm going to change the world, but I'll spark the brain of one who will. Yes. And that part is my focus. I used to be the one who would go out and say, oh, I'm going to just save the world. I'm going to do all of this, do that. Right. But I realized, I know this is a pretty big old world <laughs> yeah. that I can't reach. <laughs> everyone, right. but I can reach either one or at least those within my very own blueprint right. to right. The, who will be the ones that go change the world. But it right. all started with me. Right. And that's right. the element of my focus. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. That's yeah. my focus. So thank you for sharing that. So one is empowering and also giving. Yes. And what Bishop said was powerful. He says that your purpose is what you can do effortlessly. Yes. Effortlessly. Yeah. Wake up every single day. Yeah. And and Eric Thomas, ET the hip hop preacher, says it this I way. He says that I you will be successful when I, I don't have to pay you a dime for what it is you do. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have to get paid for that. You know, I know God is gonna but because I'm doing his I don't do anything unless he tells me to do it. Like yeah. it's it's not like people like God comes down. No, he's not coming down. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit. And you yeah. and you can't sometimes like when he used to tell me to give to people, because I know he was I know now. 
over these past five years, I knew he was testing me to see if I was going to do it, right? If I was going to be obedient, but it wasn't, I couldn't do anything else until I did what he told me to do. Mm. And so I know the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm telling you, like he will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And so I always tell people just, just, you know, follow God and stop following people, Mm. (laughs) right? You know, live for him. And and that may not be for everybody, but when you get to know, like there's been times that's all I had, like just, you know, just down and, People think I don't go through things. Man, I've been through a lot, you yeah. know, but that's just to help someone else. It's not like a woe is me moment. And mm-hmm. so I'm just thankful that I have the Lord to yeah. rely on. So when he gives me, um, my, sometimes I've made money and he's like, give that to somebody else. Yeah. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, because, and all you can do is trust. Yeah. All I can do is trust. Yeah. This is not mine, you know? And so if he can bless me with what I have, um, man, there's just more. So I want, I want more, the more resources you have, the more you can help others. If you don't have any resources, you can't help anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's not just God is going to bless you so you can be a blessing yeah. and favor is better than money. I tell people, yeah. man, you, there's something money can't buy, but yeah. he can put you in a room like tomorrow, Matthew, where man, you'd be all over the world, globe and I'll send you to South Africa. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> I'm going to find that room tomorrow. Yeah. To be in. <laughs> paid for, set up. And sometimes, you know, as entrepreneurs, I'm sure, you know, you, you feel like sometimes like, God, is he listening to yeah. me? Does he, Lord, you see, I'm doing all this. Yep. He sees it. Trust yep. me, but he want to see if you're going to be obedient. Don't worry about it. As yep. long as you know that he got you. Yep. Right. He, he didn't say he came for you to have lack. He said you'd have more than abundant yes. life, not a lackful life. Yes. Right. But it says also give. Right. Yes. It should be given unto you. Good measure. measure press down. down shake, shake it together. together run it over. over. Yes. So what you give shall be given back to you yep. pretty much. Yep. So man, I don't worry about it. I don't worry about none of that. I just give, give, give and, and just inspire, inspire, inspire. And also I have a, a team of agents too. So we build another part of our business. We build, help people do the business, right? Mm-hmm. I've got doctors are in the business, all type of people like, oh, I want to educate people, but I'll send out messages to them. I have different group me messages, um, group me sets of people and I'll send it. And it's not a big deal to me. But then yeah. when I'm talking to the person, they're like, Monica, you don't know those messages you send every morning. Some mornings I didn't want to get up. Mm. I'm like, Oh, wow. Because some mornings I didn't want to send it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm like, yeah, I got to do this. But I'm like, let me send this message. So to your point, Matthew, you don't know that one person, yeah. like one person told me they were on the verge of like, not going to do the suicide act, mm. but it was always just keep mm-hmm. coming. I say, yeah, that's the enemy. Just keep giving the little, they're just uh, poking you with it every day. Mm-hmm. And she said, but when I got your message, I'm like, uh-uh. Yep. And so I'm yep. like, dang, God just uses Because some mornings I'm like, I don't feel like I got to do this, Lord. You want to send this message? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we just keep doing what you're doing. Man. I don't know how that came up. but <laughs> I have no clue. But we started with staying in your lane <laughs> yes. or ending with staying in your lane. Yes. Drive your purpose. Drive, Drive your, purpose. your purpose. Drive yeah. your purpose. And if stay in your lane, traffic will be effortless. Man. If you stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. So the same message here is that if you stay in your lane, drive towards purpose, you're yes. driving towards someone who's going to need right. what it is you're carrying in the car you're driving towards them. Yeah. So drive and, purpose. Yeah. And if you're in a poopty right now and on that drive, don't worry about to yeah. toot the person that's in that whatever, whatever you like, I don't know, BMW, yeah. Bentley, whatever your desire is, but toot toot for them because God can change your life. And, and if you're, finances are down. You know, this is a very vulnerable time for people. Mm. I meet with people and they're like, Oh God, you know, I'm so embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. Right. So just get out of that 
comfort lane and just take care of your life because it's not going to change. But yeah, two for other people and you're going to be blessed beyond, I don't know, your imagination. Like yeah. Disney. <laughs> yeah. Monica, thank you for this time. Thank truly, you, truly appreciate you being here. What is an immediate next step for those watching who will maybe have the opportunity to listen in or watch at whatever time? What is an immediate next step for our audience? Yeah, I would say you find you're an advisor, you know, even if it's not me. Hey, there's tons. But if you want to reach out to me, but, find, you know, it's amazing when I sit down, I have a doctor client, several doctors, but this one particular one was like, why do I need a financial needs analysis? And I'm like, well, she just told me she got her car washed. I said, who washed your car? She's like, oh, my detailer. I said, well, do you go get, you're a doctor, right? You have a lot of patients. What do they come to you to get every year? She's like, oh, we'll get a health exam. And she's a obstetrician. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you go to the dentist, right? What do you do every year to dentist? I'll get my teeth cleaned. I said, so you have all of these resources mm -hmm. to take care of your teeth, your car, what else, your health. Mm -hmm. What if you're, you're one of your patients told you, I don't need a health exam mm -hmm. this year. Hmm. Wouldn't you rather get a financial x-ray than not? Hmm. She's like, oh, you got to answer for everything. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't come to you for this health exam, what would they miss? Exactly. What would you miss? Well, yes. yes. So get, find an advisor. Don't be afraid. Don't just drop your ego, especially men. Yeah. Women have egos too, but drop your ego. This is not a time for you to have an ego or have pride. Find an advisor. If you want to reach out to me. I would gladly love to help you. We would gladly love to help you. We're a $553 billion firm. Yeah, you can reach out to me on social media um, or email me, right? I'm sure Matthew will put up information, but it's yeah. Carter and Company Coaching or email me, mcarterpwa, that's privatewealthadvisor at gmail.com. So, or reach out to me or anybody, just find somebody. Find somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'll be happy. Just and, find somebody. And just so that they know, is it just California based or can it be anywhere within? Oh, no. Yeah, okay. clients and agents all around the world. And so right. I'm licensed in many states. And so we're all in 52 states, even Canada and Puerto Rico. Excellent. So we can help. And even international, as long as you have an I-10 number, um, we can help you as well. But yeah, every state I have clients in. Monica, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on the I Just Want to Record podcast thank you, Matthew. with Matthew Newman, a.k.a. Mr. Catch on Fire. This has been a joy yes. and also very educational. And it's my hope and my prayer that our audience takes information away from this, not only just to have the knowledge, mm -hmm. but to actually do something with it. So, again, thank you very much. Monica Carter, sorry. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the I Just Want to Record podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow so that we can inspire more people just like you. Until next time, I'm Matthew Newman, a.k.a. Mr. Catch on Fire, signing off.